0: of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone.
1: Thank you for joining us. I trust you've had a good week and that what we have to say to you will be of great help to you as well. So we've been studying the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and so today we want to continue our study. We've studied uh, Chapter 5 and Chapter 6 of Matthew, and so now we're going to get into Chapter 7, and Chapter 7 has, at the beginning of it, a verse that's probably the most used one, of all, and yet probably the most abused and misused of all of them as well. And so it starts out by saying, judge not that you be not judged. And, you know, so many people say, don't judge me. And, uh, well, the Bible says, judge not that you be not judged. But we need to understand the context of all of this. So it says in the next verse, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet or you measure out, it shall be measured to you again. And why behold you the mold or the speck that is in your brother's eye, but consider not the beam or the log that is in your own eye? Or how will you say to your brother, let me pull out the speck out of your eye, and behold a beam or a log is in your eye? You hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then shall you see clearly to cast out the log or the speck, the speck out of your brother's eye. So, it's a, we have a tendency of, of uh, pointing fingers at other people when we're doing the same thing or worse. That's just human nature. And Jesus is saying, get your own self straightened out before you try to straighten out someone else. Plain and simple, that's what he's saying. He's not saying that you should never judge anything. We judge things all the time, and we judge people all the time. And we'll find out later in this chapter uh, just exactly the way that we should do that as well. But judging is uh, kind of looking at things and determining, well, is this right or is this wrong? If we didn't judge, then we would consider that everything's okay, that uh, you have yours, I have mine. And how much do we have of that today, that we say... It doesn't really make any difference what you believe as long as you believe it with your whole heart and, and uh, these kind of things that are really not helpful to us at all. So what we're looking at in, in these verses is uh, not judging people when you're doing the same thing or, or even worse. We've, our minds are clouded when all we can see is the faults of others and we don't see the faults of our own. Uh, Beside that, when we don't see our own faults, then we can't improve. And so uh, to go around and uh, blame everyone else, even for some of your problems, and I've seen this happen so many times, that that the people who blame others for being bigots and and for censoring and, and all these kind of things, they seem to be the greatest biggest and the greatest censors that there are. So it it seems to be that kind of a thing that is pretty common around us today. But if we're going to ever improve, we're going to have to judge ourselves. And that's really what Jesus is saying. Before you go out judging someone else, judge yourself. Look at yourself. See how you're doing. See if you need to improve in the areas that you're looking at other people at. Are you really... Uh, doing what you're telling others they should be doing. <laughs> you know, I've seen this so much, and you have too, when uh, people will just run people down one side another. As a matter of fact, it seems like that Christianity is open game. And so we see Christians being accused of all kinds of things that they're not guilty of, there's there's a religion that says that we serve many gods, and w- Christians don't serve many gods. We only serve one God, the true and living God. It's true that He is a triunity; that there are three beings within one God, but that can be explained quite well. And so, Christians are not polytheists; we're monotheist. We believe in one God. And we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, but that is the kind of thing that goes on all the time. And the trouble is that there's an animosity in there against God when it comes to uh, raving about uh, the Bible. You know, I just don't understand it. Well, that's okay. The natural man doesn't receive, doesn't understand the things of God. You have to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And things like this, which, uh, but judging, looking at other people when we're doing maybe worse than what they are, and so that that's one thing that we look at here in in this chapter is judging. So this isn't saying that you never judge anything, you never judge anyone. It just means that uh, you look at your own self, before you go around trying to find problems in others. I don't know about you, but I can find plenty of things wrong with myself, and I have a hard time keeping my own self straightened out, let alone trying to keep everyone else in mind. So I think we need to think of that in a very sincere way, because if we're going around and we're Blaming everyone else of things that we're doing are worse, then we're being a hypocrite. And that's what verse five says here. It says, you hypocrite. First cast out the log that's in your own eye, and then you can see clearly how to get the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, another thing about this, it says brother. So this, this happens so much in the church that we find people in the church the brothers in the Lord. And, uh, they'll pick on everything that, that the person's doing that's not right. And, uh, they're doing something just as bad or worse. So we need to be, uh, um, and you know, and that kind of thing causes division. When we're all the time running around picking on someone else and not looking at our own self. The Bible tells us that we need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But if we're just uh, sitting there finding fault at everything and not really wanting to learn, not really wanting to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, then we um, are of all people most miserable. But uh, having said all of that, let's see if we can get started on The next thing that's talked about in this chapter it says, give not that which is holy to the dogs, neither cast your pearl before swine or pigs, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rent you or tear you in pieces. And so we we see this happening so many times too. Don't cast that which is is precious to you in the sight in the with people that are going to tear it apart. In other words, don't go around looking for problems. Don't don't go around um, picking a fight, so to speak. Uh, be careful that you don't offend people intentionally and on purpose. Now, there comes a time when we have to stand up for what's right, whether people are offended at it or not. And there's a lot of problems with this today, that people don't want to offend anyone, and so they don't say anything. And so this is not talking about just being numb and, and dumb and and uh, just trying to get along with everyone and everything, and not, uh, you know, just doing that so that you don't have any kind of problems with anyone. Um, I'll guarantee you, if you're a, a born-again, spirit-filled, on-fire Christian that loves God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loves your neighbor as yourself, and that you're reaching out and doing your best to help people to find the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, that you're going to have people that are not going to appreciate that very much, and the more you do that, the meaner they're going to get. Now, that's always going to happen, but he's saying not to cast your your uh, that which is holy to the dogs. Don't try to uh, get people to the Lord before they're ready for it is another thing. Don't you know we used to talk about picking the fruit while it's still green and things like that. So there, there has to be a certain wisdom when we're trying to help other people get to the Lord and the the pearl. The holy thing that God's talking about is the precious thing that God did in our lives. How wonderful it is to know God in a personal way, in a loving way, and to have such a wonderful experience as that on a day-by-day basis. and, And to feel the love of God in our hearts and feel that love going out to other people and and not having bitterness and pride and selfishness and all those things that plague so many people. That's a pearl. That's a, that's a holy thing because it isn't something that we can do. It's something that God does in us. And so it's, it's something that we need to treasure. We need to hold to. We, we need to thank God for. And so he's talking about this as being a pearl of great price and of having something holy and when we accept jesus as our savior and let him be the lord of our lives it is we become holy and we're holy people we're set aside we're separated for god's use and for uh, to help others and things like this so he says not to not to do that we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, is what Jesus tells us to be. And so uh, don't just intentionally stir up the opposition. But don't be afraid that if the opposition's out there and they're uh, bent on going against everything that's good and godly and holy and everything that's precious, that uh, ought to be precious in everyone's sight. Uh, Who would be against love, joy, and peace? Who would be against gentleness and meekness, self-control, and these kind of things that are the fruit of the Spirit, which we refer to as the rivers of living water? Who would be against that? It would be people who want to live um, a wicked life and, Ungodly life, uh, a life against God. I I can't understand anyone else that would be uh, wanting to fight the very thing that is the best, that's for all of humanity and all mankind. We're upon our first break. My name is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com.
0: More rivers of living water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright.
1: We're talking about some very important things today that affect all of our lives. The Bible tells us Jesus was the one who said it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so our allegiance is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's not dead. He's very much alive. He's sitting at the right hand side of God, interceding for us. And then the other thing I want to to say before we get into the next part of our study today is that this Sermon on the Mount was preached to Jesus' disciples. Now, there are others that were listening in, no doubt, that we'll find out later, but he was talking to his people. He was talking to the people who were following him. And so these are really uh, things that are being told to Christians, to followers of Christ. But if we're going to be a Christian, we've got to do these things that Jesus is talking about. We've got to live by these rules that he's talking about. Now the only people who won't follow rules are those that are being foolish, and um, there's rules in everything, and so we've got to either follow those. If we don't, there's rules for health. If we don't uh, get enough rest and things like that, that our health will go down. And and uh, there's rules in our society. If if we don't follow those, then We'll find that it starts decaying and it, the sad thing about it is the society has always decayed on the inside out. Our bodies do the same. Our churches do the same. All the things, it's the decay that's on the inside that gets to the outside and by the time you see it on the outside, it's really in bad shape. And so it's so important today that we look at these scriptures and not only look at them, but we think about doing something about it, and think about following them. There's a lot of things that are told us that that's dangerous for us to follow them, but it's never dangerous for us to follow what Jesus says, because Jesus knows us, and he loves us, and he wants the best for us, and so when we do what he tells us to do, we're getting the very best out of life. There isn't anything better than that. So then he goes on and he says something else here. He says uh, in verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds. And to, them, to him that knocks it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? So, uh, Jesus wants us to ask. He says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. The Lord doesn't mind us asking more than once. And, uh, He says in the day that we seek Him for a whole heart, then we'll be found. And so we, it is fine, just like a little child, you know, comes to its parent and asks things. Now, if we ask things that are harmful to us, the Lord just may not do that. But uh, if we ask something that's really good and right, we can expect that God will answer our prayers. And that's really what asking and seeking and knocking it is. It's praying. It's talking to God about it. And, you know, so many problems could be solved if we just talked to God about it first rather than trying to get advice from everything else and everywhere else, if we could just be in such a relationship with the Lord and we could talk to Him about it and let Him explain things to us and let Him answer our prayers and, and bring things into our lives that needed to be and take some things out that need to be, what a difference it would be. Now, I know this from past experience, and I know it from present experience. Because, as you know, I've been serving the Lord for over 50 years, and God has been so good and gracious to me, answered my prayers many times. Now, some people would like to say that God is dead or he doesn't exist at all. I want to tell you that he does exist because I talked to him this morning, and, and he's very much alive and well, and he's very much willing to go, do good things to his children, for his children. There's a scripture that says, Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jesus said that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus is the great example of giving when he gave his life, that we might have life and have life more abundantly and provide a way for us as he has. And the only way that we can have as well, but he said, If you were a father, you wouldn't give your child a a rock rather than a loaf of bread, a piece of bread. And if he asked for a fish, you most certainly wouldn't give him a snake. No father would do a thing like that or even think about something like that. And yet our Heavenly Father wants to do good things for his children as well. And if we ask, we will receive. Then... If we seek it, we'll find it. If we knock, it'll be open to us. So uh, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? That we have uh, the God of the universe, the one who created all things, and yet he was willing to humble himself and be obedient even to the death of the cross and provide us all good and perfect gifts which come from him. That That is something that you don't find in anywhere else. You can't find it in uh, a materialistic society or anything else. Anywhere you look, you won't find what I'm talking to you about right now. It only comes from the Lord God of glory, from the true and living God, from the one who loves you and, and wants the very best for your life. So... He says, ask and it will be received. You'll you'll get it, provided that you ask in faith is another thing the Bible talks to us about. He says, believe that you'll receive the things that you ask for and you'll get them, provided that you don't do it just for your own selfish way. So see, there are some, some uh, things that are we have to think about, just like, Fathers, if they really love their children, they're not going to give them everything in the world if they know it's going to be harmful to them. Regardless of how hard they jump up and down and roll on the floor and stomp their feet and and bang their head and what have you, the, the father is going to do what's the very best for their children if he's a father at all. And that's the same way with with our Heavenly Father. He's going to do what's best for us. We can trust him for that. And if we ask the wrong thing, just don't get all rattled and and out of shape and say, God doesn't care for me. Have you ever seen children do that? Said, oh, if you, if you do, you don't love me because you don't do this for me. And all the time the father knows, well, if I did that, you'd find out I really don't love you. And so we can trust our Heavenly Father that He's going to do the best for us, and He wants us to ask. And um, He delights in doing good things for His children. Okay? He says, Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And so we've we've heard this this is the golden rule that that uh, the bible tells us about that we need to think about uh, is that whatever we want others to do to us we need to be doing to them the one thing about it is we reap what we sow if we sow all these things of the flesh which is all the wicked things that we can think about and many are doing that today they they're doing they're sowing to the flesh they're sowing to uh discord to hateful spirit to pride to selfishness and all these things they're they're sowing to that they're and uh, so they're giving this to people they're giving a hateful spirit to people They're trying to pervert people because they're perverted, and things like this, you see. Now, if we do that kind of thing, it's going to come back on us, one way or another. It says that uh, if what you would have men to do to you, you do to them. This is all tied up in in everything that the Bible is talking about. When a person came asking Jesus what was the greatest commandment, he said, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God, and you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself." And so, uh, what do you want people to do to you? What do you want them to do for you? The best thing is is, is to do that for them, to uh, not just want everything for yourself all the time, but willing to. Do what you want others to do for you, for you to do them as well. We're up on our break again. And so I'm Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com.
0: Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright.
1: Welcome back and thank you for staying with us. I trust that these things are helpful to you and that you will, if there's something that you need to change or and uh, some attitude or whatever, that, that you'll do it. And uh, that goes for me as well. I'm no better than you are or no worse than you are. We're all the same. We're all in, uh, going the same way and, and, uh, um, God expects the same thing out of us, out of me and out of you or anyone else. Uh, He's no respecter of persons. Now, uh, you'll find my books that are listed, you know, on, on, uh, deceitfulmasters.com. But deceitfulmasters.com doesn't exist anymore. We've changed the title, the name of our uh, website, and so it's uh, international-lighthouse-ministries.com. is the new address, and I'm sure that this will get f- fixed. Uh, but right at the present, we haven't been able to do that yet. But we will. So I, you know, I really appreciate uh, talks on there such a wonderful group of people and if you ever want to do a, a talk show and green like I started out then this is the place to be so I just want to put that in as a uh, a thing today that that um, it's just wonderful having a a group of people like, like I have that have helped me when I didn't know up or down. I'm getting to know it a little better. I've been on it just about a year now and learning more things as I go along all the time, but they've been so wonderful. And You would be so blessed if you would want to find someone that will really work with you and help you along the way. These people are the people. Now, they didn't ask me to say that, but I want you to know that I really do appreciate them and and you would too, but now let's go to the the next uh, thing on the list here. We we talked about that what what you want people to do to you, you do to them, because you see, we do reap what we sow, and a lot of times the reason why people are in such a mess is that they're so selfish. They think that everyone ought to look to them, and they ought to give them everything they want, and and they're downright miserable. But uh, like I said, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to extend our lives in a loving and gentle way to people than it is for us to insist that they do everything the way we think they ought to, or and that we should get everything from them and they not give that's not us not give them anything in return. It just doesn't work that way. Then then he goes on to say in verse 13 here, um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, he says, Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leads to life, and few there be that find it. So we have, you know, it, people just want anything and everything to go. It doesn't work that way. With the the way the world, the flesh, and the devil operates, is that you go in at the broad gate. Anything goes. Just do what your thing. Do what you want to do. Do. Don't worry about uh, anyone else. Uh, think about your own self-esteem, and on and on it goes, you know. And so when we do that, what happens is we start out on the Broadway, but life starts crashing in on us, and it gets narrower and more complicated by the moment. So we, what we think might be, oh, just, this is just wonderful. It, it has a, a, battered, a bad taste at the end, and, and it could really crash us because we're going against the very nature of things. But if we go in at the straight gate or in at the narrow way, which people think, well, that's kind of confining. If I become a Christian, there's some things I can't do. There's some things I really don't want to do. And on and on it goes, you know. And, And if I'm a Christian, will I have to do this? And will I have to do that? Well, let me just tell you one thing. That if you're really a born-again, spirit-filled, on fire for God Christian, you can do anything you want. The whole thing is your want has been changed. You become a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away, and all things become new. But if you really are that kind of person that wants to love God and wants to serve Him and wants to be a blessing to people around you, then... It's not confining. It's really liberating. It's really setting you free. The Bible tells us the Son shall set you free. And it's not S-U-N, it's S-O-N. It's Jesus. Jesus came to set us free from the bondage of sin that has plagued the human race from the days of Adam when they sinned. So God is not wanting to puts you in some kind of a straitjacket. He's wanting to free you from the straitjacket you're in. And when we know the Lord, when we really have gone that narrow way, that way that is uh, being led by the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is in our lives and the love of God is shed abroad in our lives, and then we're really free. It may seem like a paradox, but that's the way it is. There's a lot of paradoxes in life. We die before we live. We die to our old self, to our old way, and then we live unto God. We're we're not just trying to serve two masters. We're just serving the Lord Jesus, and we're walking in the way that He wants us to do. And It's amazing how much freedom there is in that. And we have a song, Glorious Freedom, in our church. And other churches have that. But you know, uh, if we don't take the straight way, the narrow way, the way of the Lord, it's not everything goes. It's what what God says is what goes. Everything else goes all right. It goes away from us. We throw it away from us. We don't want it anymore. And uh, that's the beautiful thing about being one of God's children. There's a lot of things we're not cumbered down with. We're not worrying about. We're trusting God for everything in our lives, and we're letting him be our, our guide and, and uh, loving him and loving others like that. So he says the straight gate, the straight way... Means the the narrow way. It it uh, you know uh, I guess the difference from straight would be crooked. And there's a lot of lives that are crooked, that are bent, they're bruised, they're broken. They've they've tried to do it their way, and the more they do it their way, and I don't know, you may be in this kind of a situation. You find out the more confusing it becomes. And the harder it becomes. The Bible tells us that the way of the transgressor is hard. And it is hard. It gets harder by the moment. It even gets worse when we have to face God with all that kind of thing. And why go through all that? Why not just go the way of the Lord that is a, a, a life that is one a life and more abundant life, a, a gracious, wonderful way? So... Uh, think about that for a moment while we're looking at this scripture as well. Now, the Lord is interested in every part of our life. He's not just interested in our spiritual life. He's interested in our physical life as well. And so as we allow him to look over his body, soul, and spirit, he'll do that and be yielded to his will. And many times we, I say, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. I, I see this. I would like to have it, but not mine, but yours. You have your way with this. I, it looks to me like it'd be a good thing, but I don't have all the, the answers. I don't have everything concerning this. So uh, you just have your way. You have your will. Now, that's the, that's the straight way, that's the narrow way that leads to life, eternal life. It, it leads to a great, wonderful life. You know, the, the Bible uh, tells us about people who take the low road, but uh, those that go the narrow way, they take the higher road. And it's just big enough that we can go quite comfortably on it, and so we have on the right and we have on the left, and with a a Christian, you never go too far either direction, you're right in the center, now the center for uh, a Christian would be not dropping off on one side or dropping off on the other side, not being fanatical on one side, not being fanatical on the other, now that doesn't mean you're passive you're very much walking with the lord but you're you're not uh, trying to be cross-eyed look at two things at once you got your eyes focused on the lord the bible talks about having looking unto jesus who's the author and finisher of our faith so we look to him and it's a a wonderful way to be so we We see here that there is a a straight way. There is a way that people would consider to be confining, but really it's liberating. It's setting the captives free. That's what Jesus came for. He didn't come to make life more miserable for us. He came to make it better for us. He came for us to really have a wonderful existence right here in this earth. It doesn't make any difference what our problems are around us, we get so bogged down in in physical problems and financial problems and domestic problems and this kind of problem and that kind of problem. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He will bring you out of things that you never expected would. And it's amazing how God can take us through some pretty hard times if we're willing to put God first, ourself second, and I mean our self uh last and people second, uh, we're up on a break again. And so my name's Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com.
0: Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright.
1: We're looking at uh, the seventh chapter of Matthew today, which is the last chapter of the uh, Sermon on the Mount. And as we told you that Jesus was talking to his disciples, He was talking to people who were walking with him and were allowing him to teach them and and show them the way of life. Some people are just existing. They're really not alive like God wants them to be. To have life in the Lord Jesus is, is beyond what a lot of people would think. And there's a lot of depression, a lot of of weariness and everything you know and and uh, the answer is not something else it is not a new drug it's it's not a uh, a new adventure it's not a new excitement it's really the lord jesus christ that can give us love joy and peace and all the fruit of the spirit can be in us and abounding and reaching out to others and that you always find that when you attempt to really love and serve God, there's some that want to pull you down. And that's what the next part of the scripture is about. It says that uh, we need to be aware of false prophets, uh, which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. They're greedy, hungry wolves. He says you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns and figs of thistles? Even so every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit you shall know them. Remember I told you at the first that, uh, later on in the chapter, we would see that we need to judge. We need to judge certain people that come our way. uh, I tried my best to show you what that one was. It says, Judge not lest you be judged. But there is a thing of spiritual discernment. We need to have sensitivity about us to be able to pick out the false things and and to follow the the true things. And there are a lot of false prophets out there uh, prophesying all kinds of things. If you do this, uh, life's going to be more happy with you. If you do this, uh, this will be great for you. Or well, you do it, and you find out it wasn't so great after all. But there's a lot of them. And the Bible tells us as the time of Jesus coming back draws nearer, that there will be a, a great amount of them that will be trying to turn people away from the true and living God, and and uh, leading them to everything that you can think of, and we're seeing this today. It's gotten to the place where really there's a great falling away, which the Bible also talks about. That in the last days there would be a great falling away, and that the man of sin would be revealed as the son of perdition. We find that in in uh, second. Thessalonians chapter 2. But, uh, you know, we're in that day when there is a great amount of false teachers and false prophets. And the Bible has a lot to say about this. And so we need to have a spiritual discernment. And really, Jesus has made it easy for us. How do you tell them? You tell them by their fruit. What are they producing? What are they bringing forth? What kind of fruit do they have? Is it uniting the church or dividing the church? Is it causing good for people or is it causing evil for people? Is it taking them farther away from God or bringing them to God? And so um, is it denying the deity of Christ? Is it denying the blood atonement of Christ? Is it denying that God even exists? And all these things, you know, false prophets and false teachers, they can tell you about anything, but there's only one that is going to tell you the truth. And that person is not a false prophet, not a false teacher, but if it's leading you farther away from God, if it's denying the basis of Christianity, then there's no doubt that it is what you're looking at is a false prophet. The Bible tells us not to listen to those kind of people. We find over in, De- in Deuteronomy that it says if if a person comes to you and what they're trying to do is pull you away from God and away from his ways, just don't have anything to do with it don't be afraid of it don't be afraid of people who threaten you with all kinds of things if you don't do this and do that that's contrary to the plain teaching of the bible and the the bible is is uh, actually our operation manual it's our directions for life and if we listen to that and And uh, at the center of all that is the Lord Jesus Christ. From Genesis 3.15 right up to um, the end of Revelation, it's all about the Lord Jesus. And so if you find something, someone that they have all kinds of charisma, or they can just uh, work miracles and all kinds of things, we find out later on that even though they work miracles, and uh, one of the attributes of the last days is lying miracles, of uh, deceptive miracles, of um, these kind of of things will be in the last day. So it says that these people are ravaging wolves. They're they're out to devour you. They're out to devour churches. They're out to devour homes. They're out to devour communities, our schools. Our businesses—they—they just seem to have a an appetite about them that they just can't get enough. They just can't be fed enough. They just—they just, they just uh, throw the stuff out and bring the stuff in, and and they try to devour you and destroy you. And we see a lot of this today, and it's not all in the Christian community. There is a great falling away from from the simple teaching of the Bible, but. It's not all in the Christian church. There's a lot on the outside. And the problem is, as a church loses its power and its its authority, then we have all these other things coming in to fill up the vacuum. And that's what we have today, too. What we really need to solve the problem is to have a church that is the church, that's really alive in a community, will make a lot of difference, There's so many churches that God wouldn't even have to be in them, and they would do just fine. As a matter of fact, if God came in some morning into their church service, they'd probably be offended because the program was messed up. What we need is more programs messed up. And maybe I shouldn't be saying things like that, but it's the truth. So we need to be thinking about uh, false prophets that come to us. We need a spiritual discernment. And the only way you're going to have a dis to see the false thing is to know what the real thing is. The best way to see a counterfeit is to be acquainted with the real thing. Then you can tell the counterfeit when it comes around. You can tell the fruit of it. I heard about an artist that was really a a, a great artist. and uh, So he went to the store one day and and he gave the clerk a twenty dollar bill and the clerk had her hands wet and and the ink came off on her hand and she said, Surely not this guy. He he wouldn't do a thing like that, but they investigated and they found out that he was was drawing twenty dollar bills so much that you couldn't tell the difference, except that the ink came off on this clerk's finger. We so many times we settle for things that God has given us something better much better and we need to accept what God wants us to do there are many people out there trying to tell you do this and do that and do the other and uh, but just know the real one just get acquainted with the real one then you won't have to worry about the other because you'll be able to see the difference that this is uh Pretty much, you know, the, the end of our program. We're getting to the end of it, and and I want you to consider the books that I've written as well. That's being advertised. There are other ones, and you'll be able to to see those on international-lighthouse dot com, and uh, see a lot of other things that we're doing as well, or uh, getting ready to do, and working, and. You pray for us, and we'll pray for you, and I trust that this week will be a glorious week for you, and and that what I've said will be a little enlightening and will help you to to shape your life in such a way that uh, you'll be blessed of the Lord. May your life be blessed, and may you be encouraged and strengthened. So this is Howard Eugene Wright hosting Rivers of Living Water. Signing off at, and, and it, we're at talkstone.com